You are now listening to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, Episode 20, Speaking Your Truth. Welcome to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, where the conduits of the body, depths of the mind, and atlas of the soul are explored with devotion. Through cultural exchange, Christopher and Sarah and their guests will deliver sacred wisdom from around the globe, uncovering the hidden gems of conscious living and holistic healing all to empower you on your journey of self-discovery. And now, here are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah. Welcome back to the Soul and Wonder podcast. We are your hosts, Sarah and... Christopher. We're happy to have you here. Feeling a little silly today. I hope you are too. It's good to feel silly sometimes. But anyway, this is a really good episode where we have the chance to interview one of our friends, a very motivational, inspirational friend of ours. She she works on self-development more than anyone I've ever met in my life. She's constantly enrolling in workshops, seminars, speaking engagements, and she does a lot for the community, putting together her own events and just empowering things for people to be a part of. So in this interview, we get to dive into not only what she's doing in the world, but we're focusing on a main topic, speaking your truth. Yeah, we're taking taking a break from plants and plant medicine and all the good stuff that comes with that. And today, like Sarah said, we'll be talking about speaking your truth, which uh, we've been wanting to do this one for a while. I think it's a really great topic to cover. It's a very broad topic, but we uh, really narrow it down and dive deep into it. So, Yes, as you know, Soul and Wonder revolves around holistic wellness. And holistic wellness it does not just consist of nutrition, herbal medicine, uh, tarot, Reiki. There's so much to holistic wellness, and part of that is your mind how you're feeling mentally, how you're feeling emotionally, and that ultimately impacts your spiritual health as well. So we wanted to kind of go down another path for you on this one and get a little philosophical, a little personal, and explore the confines of the mind. I think that about does it. There you go. So stay tuned for the interview, and after that, you'll get your health tip of the episode. Enjoy, Rachel. All right, welcome back, listeners. We're here with one of our favorite people in the world, Rachel Lynn Lowe. She is a creator who helps adults and girls alike believe that their dreams are valid. With experience in both the corporate world and entrepreneurship, she now knows there's no right or wrong path, but there are small, specific actions we need to, to take to feel fulfilled. Rachel is on a mission to help men and women who want more out of life create play and creativity where they believe none exists. She supports those adults who gave up on the things they love to find the time and space to do them again, which helps them be even more productive in their work or turn what they love into their job. And as a director of Possibility Camp, a camp for girls 8 to 13 years old based in Toronto, Canada, she supports our future female leaders in building self-confidence, self-love, and the skills to get ahead, resilience, design thinking, teamwork, and leadership. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Thanks, guys. Excited to be here. We're super happy to have you, one, because we missed you, and we are going to love catching up, and two, it sounds like you're doing a bunch of really cool things since last time we spoke. 
I know. I know. I miss you guys. But yeah, a lot's been happening. So cool. excited to share. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I know we talk on a regular basis and you're always updating us on what you're doing on your end, but it's hard to keep up with considering okay. you're doing a million things, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it too, but yes. <laughs> well, so let's start this off. You want to get in, I mean, we know your story, but let's let's get into a little bit. If you want to share with the listeners, uh, kind of your background, expand on, on your bio a bit and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, so I feel like just based on what we'll be talking about today, I'll, I'll try to stick to that part of the story. Um, but I think it would all go back to me, you know, in general, graduating university, getting a job. Um, that's actually, Chris, how, how we met. Yep, <laughs> and yep. so, we, you know, we did the corporate life thing. And um, somewhere along the way, just and also a lot through my personal relationships, feeling unfulfilled. And you know, it's the, it's the common story for us, I guess, in our world that we hear a lot now. And anybody in who's starting off in personal development is like, we all get into it from a place of like, okay, there's got to be more. Something doesn't feel right. Um, and so my journey in personal development started there. It started in corporate. Um, I actually moved to New York city to get a different corporate job. Um, and it was, it still wasn't it. I was like, I always wanted to live in New York city. I always wanted to have kind of that lifestyle. And then I had it and I was like, this sucks. (laughs) Um, So I was like constantly like stressed about money. And my, I was in a relationship that just wasn't fulfilling. It was, it was nice, but it wasn't fulfilling on a lot of levels. And I was just like, okay, like I thought I did everything. Like what now, what, like, what do I do? Um, and it was that, that was in that moment. It was the first time I actually hired a coach and got support. So in a lot of the ways that you, you guys support people, um, I hired someone to support me in my emotional kind of health and journey. Um, and that's when things really, really started to shift. Um, So within six months of being in New York, I quit my job, um, started working for an online entrepreneur. And that's how I got into that space of online marketing and that, but it was great. It was a great combination because it was online marketing and personal development because she was a life coach, dating coach. Um, And so I was just like, I was like hooked. I was like, okay, like my, my life started to shift and my my vision for what was possible in my work um, and like working from home and working from different places in the country um, started to really shift everything, but it wouldn't have been without a lot of like breakdown moments that none of that would have happened. Like I really kind of had to hit a lot of moments of really tough conversations, really painful conversations, painful just because I was holding in so much for so long. Um, And yeah, so that's been a journey. And now like I I work for myself, um, supporting online entrepreneurs and business owners in their communities as a community manager, and also just running this camp, this camp for girls, and I'm launching another event to help adults play more. And just basically the, the common thread under all of it is like, helping people be more of themselves and being comfortable with that. So that's amazing. And that's yeah. exactly what we want out of this world. We want people to fulfill their dreams and desires and be able to live out a life of happiness and joy. That's yeah. Ex- that's exactly why we started adding uh, life coaching to our services as well. It's yes. become such so a, 
passion of ours to help people realize that they have the power to break down any barriers that are in their way and breaking that big goal into smaller steps each week makes it much more feasible and less intimidating, especially when you have someone there to encourage you and help hold you accountable and just be that support system while you actually figure it out on your own. You just don't realize you're doing it. You exactly. Know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like all the things you know you wanted to accomplish or you know you wanted to do and you like, so we always know the answer. I'm sure we'll talk about that. And you guys know that like, we always know what we should be doing and what we, what we want to do. And it's just like, there's a lot of reasons that we hold ourselves back. So yeah, it's great support. It's like sometimes the answer that we know doesn't become true until we say it. And when we have that other person, whether it's a coach or a therapist or even just a best friend or even a stranger on the subway, like once yeah. we actually voice something out loud that's been kind of lingering in the back of your, you know, the shadows of your mind that you don't want to face, as soon as it comes out in words, it makes it much more real. And it's like then you can create this action plan to actually dissolve these barriers. Exactly. And that's what today's episode is all about, speaking your truth. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we get into that though, uh, how was your camp that I know you just went through a, a camp with the girls, right? Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Honestly, it was, it was our first five day camp. Um, so it was a lot. I mean, it was a Monday through Friday in Canada They They have a March break. That's a week long. And, um, so it was, we had on the, I think our fullest day, our most full day, we had 10 girls, which was small for our, our our goal but it was I think just right for us for the first session to be honest um, and it was just incredible to see them come in on the first day and like be really shy and not talk much <laughs> like not be open and then on the last day they were like hugging each other goodbye and like couldn't stop talking like we had to like get them to quiet down so many times and so it was just beautiful to watch that transition but also a lot of the program that programming that we had allowed them to open up around like like I think at least four of the girls talked about how they felt like there was bullying going on and like the teachers and parents don't do anything about it and like these are like eight and nine-year-old girls and uh, so it was just it, it for me it was like a reassurance that okay like I'm in the right space creating this space for them but also uh, like what, like just remembering like I have some of the same concerns that the still now like as a 27 year old that these eight-year-old girls have right like about the way that other people think about them or whatever was coming up and so for me like there were so many lessons just because it was like wow like this stuff is deep and so that's why I'm really excited to work with them from that age because I know with the work that I've done had I known sooner, right, some things would have been different. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's important to know, not just that age, even younger, that we can learn a lot from children and learn a lot from by just their daily actions, the things that they even say. You know, there's a oh lot God. of yeah. amazing truth that comes out of children. And a lot of, uh, unfortunately, a lot of parents often dismiss that as just kind of uh, – banter banter and something that doesn't really make sense when mm -hmm. if you really you know get down to the core of it a lot of it does make a lot of sense and you can learn a lot of valuable lessons from children I just kept I was like you guys are so brilliant like I just kept thinking that like trying <laughs> to be in that space of like you are so smart and you're like so much more aware than a lot of I think even I gave you credit for like when you walked in the door right of just like everything that's going on and 
yeah, I agree. So it's, it's exciting. We're going to launch a summer camp. Um, so this coming like in a few months, really. How um, long will the summer camp be? We're going to do um, one week camps, but a week in July and a week in August. So there'll nice. be two, two weeks just spread out. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So to back up a little bit, you were in California in February, correct? Yes. Okay. And you were there <laughs> what for- What is this? An, you need an alibi from her? I do. <laughs> Where were you on so, the night of the 13th? <laughs> it was actually over the I need your testimony 13th. here, Rachel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I was. So, and you had mentioned, I remember, you know, we were talking a little bit while you were there and then also before you had actually gone and you're talking about this event that you were going to. And then when you got back, you had posted some things about the event. And I know a, a lot of the things of what you were saying definitely struck a chord uh, within me and, and Sarah as well. But there was one thing in general and it was, uh, if you want to kind of talk about that and we can kind of get yeah, into absolutely. that a little bit and, and explore that. Yeah, it's my favorite thing. So do you want me to go or did you go? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love this, honestly, because I think, Sarah, as you were saying, like the things that are always in the back of our minds that we just need to say out loud is like my whole journey has has been so good because of all these really freaking hard conversations that I've had. Um, and so from that event, it was actually, it was really interesting because I'll just give you the specifics really quickly. I was super, uh, triggered by a woman that was there and, and if for that word, it gets thrown around a lot being triggered, but like there's, there was a woman at the event that I could feel she was like, she had a wall up from, for her emotions and they were walking us through an exercise that was, um, we had to like tap into feelings and emotions and I was getting super frustrated. I could feel myself getting really frustrated with her because um, I was like, we're not going to, it was basically kind of like they set it up like a game and I'm like, we're not going to win this game, which is so <laughs> funny watching myself. Like you're not, we're not going to win this game if she's like going to be like this. And like, I was just getting, and frustrated internally in my body. And I checked in with myself. I'm like, why am I getting so upset? And, uh, it just bubbled right up, of course, because it was like, okay, I'm not, there are things that I have not fully expressed in my own life. And I'm, she is bothering me because she is like mirroring that for me right now. Um, and I knew in that moment, I was like, I need to say something. Otherwise this feeling's not going to go away. And so I, I approached her and I said, Hey, we're actually in front of like a group of like three other people, which made it more difficult. But I was just like, I, I need to say something right now. And I just basically was like, you are freaking me out. <laughs> like that was the first <laughs> thing that came out of my mouth. I was like, you're freaking me out. And I couldn't figure out why. And then I was like looking at it and I told, explained to her kind of that self-reflection that I got. Um, and as I started to say this, I just started to cry. Like I was like, I wouldn't say I was just crying. Like people from the other side of the room knew I was crying. So there, there was a lot of emotion that was coming up. I was like, what is that? Like, that's really interesting because she was very angry and she got very defensive. Um, and, uh, but as soon as I had cried and said that she no longer, like what she was doing no longer bothered me. Um, and so I, and then the next day she came up to myself and one of the other people in the group and like said, Hey, 
like, I just wanted to let you know, I realized like there were some things that I hadn't handled that um, I wasn't facing that I really need to face. And that's why I was feeling this way. And so the post that you saw, Chris, was that was that writing of that was my reflection of I had to express for myself to acknowledge that there were things that I needed to, to handle in my own life. And usually I'm terrified of conflict. So usually, I guess, old me would be like, just not want to ruffle people's feathers, not want to make anybody upset. Even if inside my body, like I was in this moment, I was like physically angry, physically scared, whatever I was feeling, I didn't express it because I didn't want to like upset the other person and make it worse. Um, but in that moment, I've, it, I expressed myself and knowing she could freak out and she did, um, but it actually didn't bother me. And so I, and then it helped her realize something. So it was the first moment that I expressed myself so fully in a scary kind of situation and then like realized that it didn't just help me, it helped her. Um, and so yeah, so I've been having these hard conversations for a long time, but I think it was the first one that really set in that it wasn't just about me. And a lot of times expressing our truth and expressing our vulnerabil vulnerabilities is really only for us. It's for us to get out whatever we need to say so we are relieved. Um, but it was the first time I, I viscerally understood that that also supports the growth of other people around us. Um, and Absolutely. yeah, so that was like a long winded version and I can walk through like all the other kinds of conversations that I've had before that and since. Um, but that was the, the antithesis of the post that you saw and what, what created that. So, yeah. Well, well I, um, thank you for sharing that. And I, I, that is, again, this did strike a chord with me because there have been many times where I've strayed from, from conflict just to not piss off other mm -hmm. people when totally. inside I was like really hurting and really like physically like ill from the situation. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really difficult to come to that point to finally say, Hey, like this isn't going to happen anymore. This isn't cool with me. And, and you finally realize that, you know, the universe is very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyways, very intelligent in the sense that it's going to bring people to your life that you need to kind of look yourself in the mirror of things that they may be doing to kind of trigger your some emotion or whatever. More people are going to be there in your life that are, for example, if there's, you need to learn the uh, virtue of patience. For example, yeah. you're definitely going to meet people who test your patience. <laughs> you're going to meet people that test your patience. Totally. And I've, I've found that. And that's one lesson that uh, I continue to work on and I've gotten a lot better, but there's still always room for improvement. But, mm -hmm. you know, I'm always being tested every corner. Just keep reminding me that this is a reflection of, of the things that I'm dealing with in my own life. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, yeah, people are mirrors, like our relationships are mirrors, even, you know, Chris and Sarah, you're mirrors to each other. Like that's, that's the, once we understand that it's like, it's frustrating at first. It's like, fuck, like all these people, <laughs> like this has actually, it's not about them at all. It's all my own shit. Um, but it's also really, it can become really fun. Like I've gotten to a place where I'm just like, Oh cool. Like you're triggering the hell out of me right now. And like, I get to look at that. Right. Um, and for me now, it's exciting because I know the the other side of that is a lot of freedom. Um, 
but it, I, my, the best method for me to get to that freedom place has been through expressing and through conversations with those people. So that's awesome. I mean, that's, that's a really profound thing to come to the conclusion of, especially at our age, I think, you know, this could take some people until their sixties or seventies to realize this. And it doesn't really matter when that happens. It's no, it's not any better or worse depending on your timeline, but to be able to have that realization now sets up the rest of your life for so much opportunity for growth. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something that, you know, me personally, Chris and I are essentially the same human being. And of course I have my, yeah, I'm a very passive person as well. I would much rather just bite my tongue than deal with the confrontation unless something pushes me so hard to the point. But then the, um, unfortunately, then it's usually unhealthy and I lash out instead exactly. of dealing yeah. with it in a, from a rational mind. And it's, it's really interesting observing yourself and being able to see things like that coming before they actually happen. And it's definitely something I've been working on myself as well, especially when it comes to being honest about what sort of emotions you're feeling. Because I feel like I spent a lot of my childhood um, trying to be that tough tomboy girl, mm-hmm. you know, that I didn't, I wanted to mask a lot of that feminine energy and sensitivity. And it wasn't until meeting Chris that I realized that I needed to let that out and I needed to address that. And I would be lying if I said I have that perfectly under control now because I'm still working towards it in my own personal mind. But now that we're talking about speaking your truth, this will probably move me into more uh, vocal, (laughs) more vocal way of dealing with things because this is definitely a motivational conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you shared that too, Sarah, because I mean, I relate to that on a lot of levels because my growing up belief was that, you know, my emotions, I'm an emotional person, but I didn't let myself be emotional. It's probably like a year and a half ago. Um, and so because I thought it was too much, I didn't want to cry. I didn't want to ask for help. I didn't want to, and I relate to kind of what you said around that. And it, it's, it's such a muscle, like it's such a practice because yes, I've been doing this and I've been coached in having these conversations. And like, there's a conversation actually today that I literally know that I need to have that I haven't had yet. Right. And so it's like, I know they're coming, but it doesn't mean that I'm doing it in the moment that it comes up. And so it's such a, a practice of acknowledging it and noticing it. And like, I think when you, we're more in tune with ourselves now that we know we get physically uncomfortable. Um, and sometimes it does create a bit of like what feels like a storm because you're clearing so much stuff. It's like I pictured the, if you're familiar with the goddess Kali, she's like, she looks kind of scary and like whatever, but she's just clearing energy, right? And so sometimes it feels like a, like you're doing all these clearings at once. And so it feels kind of unstable, but like, it's totally not, (laughs) it's totally not. It's just making room for, for even more connection. And that's what something I do want to say is that every time I've had one of these conversations, it's actually allowed me to be more connected to the person. Um, because it also gives them the space to say the things that they've been holding in, Um, and as a leader of the conversation, we actually allow them to be able to do that because when you, like when you're vulnerable, it actually, like other people then feel safe to be vulnerable too. For Um, sure. So that 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 definitely, 
yeah, that helps me sometimes when I'm afraid, I'm like, okay, like going back to like, this is helpful for all of us. Like, okay. Like I try to remember that, like, it's not just me. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I think this is a good conversation and a good lesson for women and men both. And this is, we were talking about the emotional aspects of, you know, Sarah, you were talking about that and, and you too, Rachel. And I, and I was going to do a video on this. <laughs> it's actually all about feminine energy coming from a male's perspective. Mm-hmm. And awesome. you know what? I, I might as well just throw it out in the open now instead of doing the yeah. video. People can listen to this <laughs> podcast. Uh, you know, I think it's really important that men begin to harness uh, their feminine side. And I know that may sound weird to a lot of guys, but we both have male and female mm-hmm. energy. And there is, we have to find that balance. And it's so important. And for me, it's been quite easy because I grew up in for a majority of my life with my mother who really has that nurturing spirit and, and that, that feminine energy. And so that rubbed off on me and I'm, I embrace it. I, I, I think it's great. And I, and I really always try to embrace my feminine side and my emotions and my sensitivities. And I'm not afraid to cry if I have to, Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's really important to note that, you know, because living in a society where, men are told not to cry and not to show emotion and to be tough. And, you know, all these things that society says that is what men should be or what women should be, you know, I I don't, I think that's been totally misconstrued. And I think that we do need to embrace both sides of us, both male and female, but especially for men that, that really want that tough ego side, they need to, I think it's important to bring that down a bit and to really tap into that that female energy well it even comes from the societal standpoint that tells men to even just remain cool instead of being overly excited or happy about something like men are taught to just play it cool bro you know like and that itself it's not only just stifling like what you said their fears and their anger their anger and sadness it's also stifling their excitement so then you just get this person who has volcanoes worth of things inside of them that need to be released and usually like I said before things end up boiling and boiling and boiling and then coming out in an unproductive manner once it reaches tipping point or they don't even come out and they stay within the body creating actual disease they create those emotions then manifest themselves into a physical disease and then Mm -hmm. you know you there's the result of many different chronic illnesses that we see can and do stem from emotional um, instability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as it was something, two things came up for me as you were saying that. I don't know if you've seen the documentary, The Mask You Live In or The Mask We Live In, but it's it's all about um, boys and the upbringing and, and having to not be emotional and to be tough and like getting into sports. And they talk about you know, even through coaching, how they're like, well, don't be a bitch or like whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's a really great, I like just want to recommend that, put that out there because it really speaks to that. And, um, the other thing was there's a way within our society right now. So men are brought up that way. Like as boys, you're brought up that way. And as women, we are also leaning to the more masculine side because we are, you know, now, you know, taking more roles and careers that 
are male driven. So we need to be more masculine or like women are like Sarah and myself who are like, okay, like don't, it's not like, don't cry, like don't express yourself. So you have two, you know, a a large majority of a set of people that aren't feeling and don't think it's okay to feel. And then are, having these bursts of things come up when it all just gets too much. And like you said, it, it is, it's showing up as disease. It's showing up as like not strong foundational relationships, whether it's friends or like a romantic partner. Um, and so, yeah, like even as a woman, like thinking like I need to tap more into my feminine energy and realize feeling how hard that has been. It's almost tough because you're like, but wait, like I am a woman. This should be natural. Why is this so hard? Um, and then when you're in a relationship, if you're, if you're in a, like a straight couple, I'm a woman and I need to help my partner be more feminine. So like, I'm like, I need to do this myself and I need to help you feel like it feels like a lot. Right. And so when we can both from both sides and all relationships just come from finding more of both sides, like it, it creates a lot more harmony, if that makes sense. And a lot more of an ability to have these kinds of conversations without it being so uncomfortable. I wonder what it is that makes people so uncomfortable with, oh, I know it's the vulnerability, but where did that vulnerability come from? You know, and then I guess you, it just all gets brought back to childhood of so (laughs) many like weird little seemingly insignificant moments in our lives Mm -hmm. that actually impacted us on a much more profound level than we could realize until we tap into our subconscious and we're like, oh, wow, that silly little thing is what caused me to be like this. (laughs) It's like this moment of rejection or this moment of somebody calling me a name or this moment that I cried and somebody called me out on it. Like, yeah, it's like all those little things. And it's, it's so really interesting to explore. I mean, just last weekend, I literally had a conversation with my dad that I've been holding on to for like three years. And I told him um, that I feel like I can't, couldn't fully be myself around him. Like this mm-hmm. was like three weeks ago. I said, dad, I don't know. I know I started to notice like when I'm coming around, I don't feel like I can fully be myself. And it was because I felt like I couldn't, I had to act like everything was always okay. And I couldn't let him know when I was stressed out, sad, emotional. And when we started to talk about it, it was because of things when I was younger. <laughs> and I felt like I couldn't like call him or like I had to hold it all together for my mom or whatever the situation was. So yeah, it like all goes back to that. And I think we, a lot of people just don't want to, you don't want to look at it because we're also taught like, don't worry about the past, like just move forward, you know, and like look forward. And it's a, that's a tricky, that's also a tricky uh, thing. So. Yeah, that's a, I mean, again, everything that's happened in the, in your childhood, whether you remember it consciously or not, whether it's buried in your subconscious, those mm-hmm. are all things that need to be addressed because generally how you're feeling at this moment, at this time is coming from uh, something that may have happened to you. It could have been something that one, like a traumatizing event that you can't recall, or mm-hmm. it was over a long period of time, but those things definitely need to be addressed and find the root cause of the the problem. It's like having a sickness, you know, having a disease. We treat the symptoms, but we're not going after the root cause. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, um, like what you were saying, uh, you know, we don't want to get stuck in the past either, but addressing the past, you know, there's a healthy 
amount of attention we can give that so that we can create a new pathway to the future and hopefully, you know, figure out the situation in the present. And then if it's done correctly, we've released ourselves from that past. And so you're absolutely right that, you know, we shouldn't become obsessive over that past, but Uh to address the situation with the intention of dissolving it so that we can build our, you know, road forward. Yeah. And I think the distinction is like, cause there's different things. And the, the distinction for me, at least I'll speak from, from my experience is um, if your the emotion is lining up with the thought. And what I mean by that is we all are, are taught like affirmations and that our thoughts, you know, thinking positive is what creates things for us. But if I'm sitting here thinking an affirmation like I am beautiful let's just say so I'm thinking I'm saying I am beautiful and I'm thinking it in my head but the emotion in my gut is like what the hell are you talking about you know <laughs> what I mean like that's where it it takes looking more to the past to uncover like what that gut misalignment is but if you can if you are one of those people and depending on what the situation is if it's not deep enough you can literally just reiterate the affirmations and your gut feeling, if it's not too far off, it will just start to align more easily. But if your gut feeling is like really off from what you're trying to think, it's going to be really hard to get them to match up and you need them to match up to actually manifest, right? So. Yeah, that's funny you mentioned that um, because that's definitely a signal that there's something deeply rooted in our subconscious. And my life coaching professor gives us subliminal affirmation frames Mm -hmm. to listen to where you can't actually hear it in your conscious mind so that your Mm -hmm. conscious mind can't debate with you like yeah. you you don't even hear you have a list of the affirmations um so that you know what it is you're actually putting into your subconscious um and of course there's disclaimers and all that stuff but yeah and I like that. The, but it's it's at that dog almost like the dog whistle sound pitch where you just can't hear it in your conscious mind but your subconscious and everything else your brain still reads it like it would a regular auditory signal and so what happens is you don't have room to argue with yourself I love that. <laughs> like <it's, laughs> that's awesome yeah it starts to actually teach your subconscious mind to break down those barriers and of course you know if you're going to put the intention forward to make this affirmation true even if you know you can't hear it in your conscious mind you're going to start making decisions that line up with making that affirmation true. absolutely yeah Absolutely. That's so good. And I think another key word we need to throw in here, and and we can discuss this into length or keep it short, but I think it's important to to note that forgiveness plays a big role in this as well. And this is forgiving yourself, and it's Mm -hmm. also forgiving others for any past events. And I think that plays a huge role in healing emotional traumas and also be able to speak your truth. Absolutely. It's... um... And I, I, so I learned all this and I started to learn all this through my coach. So Kavita J Patel. So I want to credit her to, to many of these things. Um, but yeah, it's the forgiveness and, um, through these conversations, being curious about the other person, not from a space of why did you do this to me, but from a space of why in that situation were those choices that you made, um, so that you can understand them as a human being and find compassion. Because when we have, when we reach a little piece of compassion, we also reach that forgiveness because we're like, oh, okay, like, yeah, if I was going through that at that point, I probably would have done the same thing. Um, 
And so that makes it easier. So there's a, what's the, I always say it wrong, but there's the Hawaiian, do you guys know the, it's like Ho'opono or something, but it's a Hawaiian mantra that's actually for forgiveness. And I've used this recently, Um, but it's four lines and it's basically like, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Mm-hmm. And and repeating that, have you guys heard that before? No, I've heard of it, but I don't. I, it's not very familiar to me. Yeah, so it's essentially just taking those four lines and repeating them towards. And I've done this a lot towards myself. So recently, like I was afraid to to do something, and I literally was like, "I'm sorry, I've been afraid. Please forgive me. Thank you for forgiving me. I love you." And repeating that and repeating it until you like feel release around it. And I've like cried through it sometimes. Um, and so, yeah, like that's something that you can actually access that level of forgiveness that you're talking about, Chris, without even necessarily having a conversation with the other person. Sometimes we can do that first, release a little bit of the tension and then go in and have the conversation. Absolutely. And this is a good time to throw this in there. There's a, there's an app, um, that I actually use and I use it before bed every single night. And this is something that people can access. Um, it's a free app and it's called think up. Hmm. And so what it is, is you can actually record. Um, and I think the free version lets you record four affirmations, but I got the paid one. It's like 1299 for a lifetime. I mean, it's really cheap. Um, and you can actually record your own voice saying the affirmations that you want and you basically record all of them. And then there's music in the background. There's like binaural um, beats. And yeah. then there's also just regular calming music. And you listen to it. Um, I listen to it before bed every single night, like on a loop, like thrive, I think like 15 affirmations. And I listen to my voice, like, I love that saying it back to me in a loop of like three or four times. Then I go to bed and then I do it uh, in the morning as well. So every night and every morning I'm doing this and uh, it's really, I mean, it's, it's really interesting uh, the way you feel after, after doing that. And it is like a meditation in a sense. Yeah. I want to try it. That's awesome. So check that out. Cool. Yeah. One of the things like you had talked about, you know, if you feel that thing in your gut kind of telling you that the affirmation is not true, that you're trying to get yourself to believe. One of the things that I started to do was try to um, create new physiological relationships with it by if I'm in a meditative state and I repeat my affirmations, I like one of mine that I say to myself all the time is I am healthy physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. But instead of rushing through it when I hear myself say I am healthy physically I feel I make sure I take that time to feel a warmth Mm -hmm. of light through my physical body just all around and then when I get to the you know mentally part I feel the light in my head you know emotionally I feel it in my heart and when I do spiritual I feel it in my like auric field Mm -hmm. and by the end of it it even if I don't feel like at that moment I was very healthy physically or emotionally or mentally or spiritually after making that physiological connection with like this positive um light vision it it makes it true after that point yeah absolutely that's like I love that I'm so glad you shared that just for people listening too because I forget it's like manifesting 101 but it's like it's the feeling not the thought <laughs> like yeah. the, and the and when you're visualizing we hear that morning routine like make do your visualization it's like if you're not feeling it 
it's not going to do anything. Exactly. Um, and so that's, that's like a great, like, like that's so simple, those four things. Um, but yeah, that's, it's so important. So let me ask you this, Rachel, to make this a little more tangible for our listeners. Mm -hmm. What are a few steps that you take in identifying a situation that needs to have your truth expressed? And how would you go about, you know, approaching this? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think first of all, I mean, if I could give you like a broad vision of something, an exercise that I'm even redoing today, it's like kind of spring cleaning energy, but making a list of the people in your life um, and then adding a plus or a minus next to them for the adding, do I feel energized by this or drained by this? And being really honest with yourself about that. Like, do I feel drained when I'm around them or drained by just the thought of our interactions? Um, and the people that you feel a little bit drained about, it's time to look at like, what's okay. What's there? Like what's, what's between us is what another, my coaches from Matt and Amanda from relational intelligence, they say, what's the thing in between us. Mm. Um, and, and the, another way of saying that, that they also have shared is like, what is the thing that I'm afraid to say because it might break our relationship because that's the thing that you need to take a look at. Like we all have things, right? Um, but so starting with the, the people that you feel like they're being, you're, they're draining you, which could be your boss. It could be your job. Like it could be anything, but, um, what is that? And, and what do you, what's draining you and what do you want instead? So you have to get very clear on like who, who the person is that's draining you or the situation, why it's draining you and then what you want instead. Um, because then from knowing those things for yourself, you can like have a conversation. A lot of times we want to say like, especially like, so I'm single, I'm dating. Right. And a lot of times we're like, oh yeah, if he would just say he's into me, then I'll be into him too. Like that's kind of the way we approach it, but it's like, no, like we need to know if we were into him first. <laughs> like, it's not just right. like, what does like, we need the other person to open up the door for us. Like this is a practice of really getting clear on what we want so we can express it. Um, so yeah. So again, just first step, identifying who's in your life that's adding to your life and who's draining. And then when, when you identify what's draining, why is it draining you? What do you want instead? Um, and then what's the thing that you haven't said that you can express to start to facilitate that conversation? Um, and a lot of times it can be as simple as like literally just saying, sometimes I will just say to start the conversation, I'm like, all right, I want to talk to you about something and I feel super awkward, right? So <laughs> calling, calling myself out ahead of time instead of like trying to like so there, therefore you don't have to like have it all put together on the back end you're like I feel super awkward I might need to repeat myself or say things differently because I don't know what the hell is going to come out depending on who you're talking to um but that also helps me like feel a little bit more comfortable if that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah absolutely the now and another thing is I think it's um important to address here uh is that we can't always come at someone saying, you make me feel crazy. You make me feel angry when this happens, but rather just saying, I feel this when this exactly. happens, because I think a lot of us tend to, uh, I know I've definitely done this before in past relationships, like, oh, you're making me crazy. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it's me making myself crazy. Yeah. But the question is, why am I feeling crazy in that moment? And 
while there was plenty of validity back then, I'm sure when I used that statement in the relationship I was in, there are bigger issues at hand that need to be focused on. And when we come at people that we feel might be draining our energy, we it's very careful to still do it respectfully, right? Where we can, instead of pointing the finger saying, you just make me lose my mind every time I'm around you. Yeah, like, exactly. They're going to feel attacked. And chances are, even if you word it the proper way, they still might get offended you know offended they still might um, get a little hurt but at that point we can't we are we're not responsible for their own feelings because we cannot make them feel the way they're feeling just like that lady that you confronted yeah and that's the biggest lesson is like we uh, that I had to learn and still learn is like we actually can't make people feel anything like Mm -hmm. the way that they choose to react is because of their own conditioning, right? And so the best that we can do in these conversations is give context and give people context so they understand how they can help us and support us. Because if they're people that are friends or family or whatever in our lives, if they think that they can contribute in a way that's going to make things better, they will do their best, right? So in the, if in a hypothetical situation where you have a friendship that just isn't feeling super fulfilling or you feel like every time you talk, they're just talking about themselves and they're not asking you about anything or whatever it is, like giving context. So for example, just saying like, hey, I've been taking a look, you know, kind of at some things in my life and I realized that I want to be... I I really value our friendship and I've loved being friends with you for so long. And I've been noticing that I'm feeling like there's a little bit of a disconnect and I just, I wanted to share that with you and talk to you so we could try to figure it out. And then going into, you know, for example, when we spoke on the phone, I actually had something really exciting I wanted to share and I felt like I couldn't because you had this going on, you were talking and then asking a question like, did you even know like that that was something I wanted to share? And then coming up with like an agreement on how to deal with that moving forward, right? It doesn't have to be a super dramatic thing, depending on the situation, of course. Right. And it could go a couple of different ways, depending on the emotional state of that friend mm-hmm. and how they place the value on your friendship. And I think we get fearful that if we approach someone, even in such a respectful way as that, that they might be, you know, they might fly off the handle and never come back. You know, yeah, they, and they might, they, mm-hmm. they might, and not to interrupt you, but the point, the, what I will say is that us expressing our truth helps us get very clear on who's supposed to be in our lives and who isn't, or who is on our wavelength and who isn't. I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I've had that situation, right? Like I've had these conversations in, in, in relationships where I was like, it was a guy or we were like, okay, this isn't, thank you for expressing that truth. Therefore I am now clear this isn't going to work. Mm. And so it's, it's terrifying, you know, if, especially if you care about each other, but you, you ultimately have no regret if you are expressing your full truth. So, and uh, while it might seem like a losing situation in that moment, it's actually a win-win because either way you're either clearing your life of energy that's dragging you down or you're offering an opportunity for that energy to be cleared and then enhanced to where both you and that person can benefit because I'm sure they'll also take advantage of that openness to share something that they've had on their mind regarding the relationship. And if you're already ready to share your truth, I'm sure you would be ready to receive theirs. Exactly. That can only win. 
Yeah. And I, and I hear myself coming up. So I have a lot of friends who have a lot of family situations that they're like, I could never talk to my parents about this. Like I could never, you know, whether there was abuse or trauma or whatever. Um, And so like, I just want to caveat and say that's true. And there may still be things that you need to express. So at the very least, if you notice that you're making this list and people are draining you, write it out, record it for yourself, just do something to get the, some of the energy out of your system. Um, and if it eventually you are able to have more of a conversation. And again, like I will also want to say, I've been having conversations with my parents for the last three years. It's not like I had one conversation and my whole life changed. <laughs> um, so I literally am doing this over and over and over and over again. It's like an ongoing thing. Um, because more stuff comes up or you realize something, you didn't fully say something that you wanted to say. So even if you have to start by writing it out or just like voice recording it or whatever, that's going to start to get the energy like moving and clearing too. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's, uh, it's obviously going to be an organic process. I'm glad you clarified that because some of our listeners might be like, well, what world do you live in? Where <laughs> totally. I get just- that. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's not all, but yeah, it's hard. And I have friends, yeah, that have serious, you know, family trauma and abuse and they don't want to ever talk to their parents again. You don't have to, but if you're holding on to it, it needs to come out somehow. Sure. Well, that's awesome. I really, uh, really enjoyed this conversation and uh, I'm really happy that we were able to get you on. And I, I don't know, is there anything that you would like to clarify before we let you go? And then if you can also tell our listeners where they can find you and kind of give any other information that uh, is pertinent to your life at the moment. Yeah, no, I don't think as long as that feel, felt tangible for you guys for steps for people, I think that's pretty solid. But if you need clarification on that, I'm happy to share more. I think that was really well um, expressed. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, and no, I mean, the last thing I would just say is that it's scary. Like I can sit here and say, yeah, I do this all the time and I do, but I'm, I'm nervous every single time. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want to, I, again, I don't want it to feel like it's just, it's a practice, but it's terrifying because we are becoming more of who we are in the process. And so we're unlearning a lot of things and sure. so fear, fear is normal. Um, and it's totally worth it. And I think that's it. So as far as finding me, my personal writing right now is on livingambitiously.com. So it's, it's a blog space, a lot of self-reflection space there. Mm. Um, and then the camp. So for people that are interested or even in Canada or the Toronto area, if you have any listeners up here, um, is herpossibility.com. So, um, we're, we have our March break camp that just ended. So there's still some information up there, but, uh, yeah, that's it for now. Great. We'll uh, put all that in the show notes and uh, that way people can find it. Awesome. Thank you so much for this enlightening conversation, Rachel. It's really good to get this stuff out in the open and hopefully it'll motivate some people, including us. I mean, I can already feel, I know as soon as I get off this call, I'm going to be writing some things down. So I hope that this can inspire our listeners as well. Thank you for facilitating. And I know that everybody has one thing that popped up into their mind as they were listening, because even I did. So I encourage <laughs> just everybody to just take a baby step and try it out because we it all it all clicked somewhere. So thank you. Thank you. Perfect. Well, we'll reconnect with you soon, Rachel. Thanks. Okay. Bye. 
I just love her. I love Rachel. She's always got some really wonderful things to converse about. That's why we're friends. That is why we're friends. I'm lucky to know her. So anyway, now that that's done, here is your health tip of the episodes. We're going to cover sprouts. Yes, those delicious sprouts. Those little guys, they're so good. They're scraggly little things you can put on your wraps, on your salads, on your sandwiches. Um, Some of you might not like sprouts, whether it's alfalfa sprouts, bean sprouts, broccoli sprouts. uh, There's a whole plethora of sprouts. You might think they taste a little earthy, um, but it's appropriate for it to be so, since a sprout is sprouted from a seed. But these sprouts actually have about 40 to 50% more nutritional value than the food in which it grows, such as the broccoli florets, which continue to eat your broccoli. Please, it's still very, very good for you. But the sprout, if you're looking for a quick absorption of nutrients, chew on a little sprout. So sprouts actually increase the enzymatic activity within the body. And if you know anything about enzymes, to put it simply, they help you to break down foods properly and to absorb the nutrients available. They come, they, we have enzymes within our body and we also absorb enzymes or take in enzymes from foods as well. And sprouts are just jam packed with good stuff. They do all kinds of things. And just to list a few, they aid in digestion, they boost your immune system, they aid in weight management, and they even protect the body against cancer. They improve blood circulation, and they help to reduce risk of heart ailments. They also help to grow and develop the body, and they can even prevent cataracts and macular degeneration, which is awesome. And if you get pesky cold sores, increase your intake of sprouts as they will help that, as well as reduce the effects of allergic reactions and asthma. So. If you can get over the little bit of earthy taste, which we've grown to like since switching to a whole foods plant-based diet, then I encourage you and put those sprouts on anything. You can even add them raw to your soup after you've cooked your soup. Just throw in a dollop of sprouts on the top and like I said before, to other food items as well. You can throw them in wraps on top of salads with that. You can use um, your dressing to kind of mask that flavor if you really don't like it. Oil-free dressing preferably. Yeah oil free Um, and we do have some of those recipes that we can share with you Um, but yes get your sprouts eat them eat them a lot and make sure they're organic yeah you don't want nasty pesticides and chemicals seeping into the seed so there you have it eat your sprouts catch you next time